1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Adolis Garcia sends one the other way. That sends Carroll back. He's at the wall, and the legend grows. Adolis Garcia wins game one. He sets that elbow, and he lets it fly. See if he gets one to let it fly out on 3-2. Fouls it into the ground for strike three. Eighth K for Avaldi. One gone in the fifth. Second and goal, needing two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Dobbs looks left, throws left. Brown snags it. Touchdown, Marquise Brown against his former team, and the Cardinals are not done. It's low. Couple fakes going. Wide open in the end zone. It is melted as he gets the feet down. He is. Touchdown. Melton sells like he's going to go out and block. Look, another 49er defender on the ground. This footing has been a problem all day. Now it's Gibbs trying to get to the edge. Gets a block from the quarter. Makes a man miss. Gibbs hits at the five. Touchdown, Detroit. Ohio State's been on the other side of a lead like this. They had Indiana a week ago tonight by 18 and saw that lead evaporate. And Hepburn with another steal and converts. Again, hosting the co-leaders tonight, Kentucky this weekend. Jalen Williams, red hot to start, John. He's got 13 points right at his season average. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, February 15th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7, the Texas Rangers over or under 86 wins in 2024. The Cardinals, should they re sign free agent Hollywood Brown? The 49ers, should Steve Wilkes have been fired? Sean Miller, remember Sean Miller? Uh, should Ohio State hire him? Brent Musburger, should he be in the NFL Hall of Fame? From today's National Roundup, Auburn runs away from South Carolina. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday in moments of the introduction of today's pipeline. At 10.15, we'll have Texas Rangers spring training preview. Stefan Stevenson will join us. Uh, from inside inside the Rangers on that's at SI, and also uh, we'll uh, talk to him about uh, the end of obviously last season, the triumphant uh, World Series victory uh, over the Diamondbacks, unfortunately, and uh, get into the uh, spring training and some of the things about the Rangers this upcoming season. Ten thirty or so to be interactive action at six zero two two sixty ten sixty. Also. Uh, we'll get to some local roundup stuff. That'll include Suns and Pistons and ASU, Oregon State from last night. Two pretty non-competitive basketball games, quite frankly. Uh, two mismatches, quite frankly. 
And also in the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll include some rip from the headlines from the wire. And from the scoreboard, uh, we'll kind of get a mix of uh, NBA and college basketball from last night. Then after the Sports Zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, of course, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is the 2024 Texas Rangers over or under 86 wins. And Corey is here and has the early returns. 100% currently on over KDUS1060.com. Okay, don't blame me for this number. The 86 wins is the uh, baseball perspective Pakota projection win total. Uh, they uh, have them second in the American League West by a wide margin behind the Astros, whose win total, their projected win total, is 84.5. Today's X-Poll question, should the Cardinals re-sign free agent wide receiver Hollywood Brown? Corey, what do we have here? Much closer, no leading, though, at 55.6%. Yes, at 44.4%. KDUS AM 1060 on X. Brown is the lone Cardinals free agent included among a top 50 free agents list in a story published by FoxSports.com in the last 24 hours or so. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the 49ers fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes on Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan said that Wilkes was, quote, not the right guy, end of quote. Wilkes' firing means the 49ers in 2024 will have their fourth defensive coordinator in four seasons. Should the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes? Meanwhile, Ohio State's looking for a new basketball coach after Chris Holtman was fired and bought out on Wednesday for $112.5 million. Uh, One name uh, that caught my attention has an Arizona background. Should Sean Miller, the former U of A coach, be hired by Ohio State to replace one Chris Holtman? Brett Musburger got plenty of love on the Super Bowl. Jim Nance uh, declared that Musburger should be in the 2024 NFL Hall of Fame class. And also Nance used Musburger's jackpot TD call uh, when the Chiefs scored the winning touchdown. Should Brett Musburger be in the NFL Hall of Fame? Hint, hint, this might be a poll question in the future. Probably not tomorrow because i got a couple other things planned for tomorrow, but... I'm guessing this might be a poll question in the future. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule line. Uh, that is uh, the pipeline of today. I'll get to the schedule lineup. I already got to the schedule lineup. I'm, I'm confused here. That's the pipeline, and we did the schedule lineup also previous to that. Now we have it figured out. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or lose track of what you're doing in this segment, raising my hand here, or if you're just simply bad, I'm maybe raising my hand a little bit on that too, you'll be the target of this. (laughs) 
All right, coming up next, Corey, I have a news update that will be followed by a Texas Rangers spring training update. Obviously, uh, a surprise World Series winner to some, even though they were actually really one of the best teams in baseball for the majority of last season before they you know, basically blew the National League West, the American League West, excuse me, in the final week of the regular season. And then they pretty much dominated in the postseason. But we'll cover all that and more with Stefan Stevenson in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion. Also, uh, we'll get to some of the uh, analysis last night from Suns, Raptors, or some Suns and Pistons, excuse me, and also ASU and Oregon State. You're listening to SportsZone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castellux HD 2 100.7. You're holding the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. All right, the defending World Series champion Texas Rangers are preparing to defend their title and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Stephen Stevenson of Inside Rangers, and uh, that's at si.com, and also uh, Stephen Stevenson. Uh, at uh, on X, uh, you can check him out there and uh, good stuff there, and I'm sure. <laughs> All right, let's get to the uh, you know, the uh, let, let's go back to last year first. Yeah, you know, they, they surprisingly won the World Series, at least to some, even though if you watched them a lot during the regular season, you all shouldn't have been that surprised. But this was after they lost the American League West during that last weekend in Seattle. Then the playoffs began and they you know ran through the Rays right away. How did they flip the switch so quickly from into that regular season to the start of the playoffs? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, I think Bruce Bochy is still amazed at. Uh, he, he just talked about that a couple of days ago. Um, uh, the the resiliency that the team showed after that series in Seattle to go to fly across country to Tampa Bay and to uh, turn on a switch. And I really, I guess the the biggest credit for that playoff run has to go to uh, the back end of the bullpen uh, that really shored up what had been a, a really leaky aspect of the team. And Jose Leclerc and Josh Spores, even Aroldis Chapman. Um, I mean, the offense, as you pointed out, I mean, the, the Rangers offense and, and everyday lineup was as bad as productive as you can get in the majors last year. It was the the back end of the bullpen, uh, I think they blew 35, 34 games. Um, so, and that really bit them when it came to the end of the season and the Astros were surging and they both ended with 90 wins and the the Astros uh, got the tiebreaker for the division title, um, largely due to the fact that the Rangers' bullpen just struggled mm-hmm. mightily during the regular season. But they turned it around in the postseason and the offense just kept on doing what it does. You mentioned Bruce Bochy. Uh, obviously, you know, we've been watching him, baseball fans, for years. We saw him a lot when he was obviously in San Francisco being here in Arizona playing against the Diamondbacks. What impressed you most 
about the way he managed the Rangers season. I love the term baseball manager because it's 162 games and they really manage as much as they do anything else. So what impressed you the most about his managerial skills? Well, he's just so laid back and comfortable in his own skin. I mean, he's an older guy. He turned 69 in April. I mean, he knows who he is, so he's not worried about uh, impressing anybody and, um, He's certainly got skins on the wall, like you mentioned, uh, with three titles with the Giants. Uh, coming in here, um, he has all the respect from the players, the old players uh, that have been around, the, the young players know about his history. Um, and then when it comes to the actual baseball moves, I mean, uh, he's got a track record of knowing how to use his bullpen, especially when uh, there's questions all over the place and, uh, riding the hot hand and uh, reading guys uh, mentally and physically. So uh, that, that's really what I took away from uh, the postseason is uh, just how he, along with pitching coach Mike Maddox, who's been around for a long time and has a lot of respect uh, from the players, uh, the way they handled the, the, the bullpen and even moving uh, uh, normal starters into middle relief guys uh, and nobody complained. Everybody was on, on the same page and uh, just wanted to do whatever it took to try to get a title and, uh, and, and it paid off. Okay. I will get to Mike Maddox. I promised here momentarily in a little more detail uh, bef- before we uh, let, let's move on to 2024 here a little bit too. Uh, Jordan Montgomery remains a free agent. How much of this is the fact that he's a Scott Boris client? How much of it might be the Rangers TV deal? Is there something else going on there that I don't know about? You know, what's what's the the the, 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 uh, the deal with Montgomery? Do you think he might uh, resign anyway at some point? Uh, General Manager Chris Young was asked about that yesterday, and he basically said that he didn't see the club making any more moves when he was. He was asked directly about Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Rangers fans desperately would love the team to to sign him uh, after what he did for the club uh, a year ago. Um, the, the issue is it's not necessarily what Montgomery and his asking price and, uh, and, and Boris being a tough negotiator and all that goes with that. It's really about um, what his salary, if the Rangers did sign him, what it would do to their luxury tax penalty, uh, not only for this year, but in the years to come, because it would most likely be a three or four year deal, if not longer, and uh, for Montgomery. And uh, it would push them into uh, stiffer, steeper luxury tax penalties. And that's what they're trying to, they would most. Uh, likely try to avoid. It's not just a straight-up salary. I mean, I, I think uh, the Rangers' ownership would love to bring him back, and I think most reports indicate that Jordan Montgomery would love to come back. But um, it, it's the it's the scope of what he's asking for, which is between twenty and twenty-five million a year, and how many years it would be. And I, I just think. Um, Unless that number comes down a little bit, um, I don't see it happening. But um, 
it is a little weird that he's still out there along with uh, several other Boris clients. That's right. Top top four guys that are still out there in free agency are all Boris clients at this point, uh, which is uh, yeah. used to be an, it used to be kind of an annual event, but uh, you know it's back to that again <laughs> this year. Um, also, you know the Rangers, you know, Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom are obviously both coming off of surgeries in the last year or so. Uh, when might we see them this season? I assume we're going to see them at some point this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they fully expect them all, all, all three of them, including Tyler Molly, uh, a guy yeah. they signed uh, as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Scherzer had uh, back surgery in December, and he's the first one who they expect to uh, be back by June. Um, there's no issues with his arm. It's just about recovering from back surgery and the herniated disc that he had. Uh, Molly, they hope to have, who's, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery from a year ago, they hope he's on track to be back in July and be available. And DeGrom, who just started throwing on Monday, uh, his first time throwing the ball since his June Tommy John surgery, um, he says he feels great and and everything's on track, but that that's probably not till late July, if not August, for Degrom. Hmm. So it's uh, they're they're not putting the you know a, a definite time and dates out there on all three of them, but that that's the general feeling is June for Scherzer, July for Molly, and August, early August for Degrom. Stephen Stevenson, currently in the sports zone. All right, so if I got this right, I'm you know, I'm just stealing this from roster resource. Uh, you know, Nathan Navaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, and I think uh, you know C- Chris Bradley uh, would be the uh, rotation to start the season. How's Mike Maddox, uh, the previously mentioned Mister Maddox, uh, try to uh, you know work his way through this? Well, I think uh, – are are you thinking of uh, Dane Dunning or Cody Bradford as the – Cody Bradford. I'm sorry, Cody Bradford. My bad on that one. Yes. No, yeah, no. Cody's certainly in the mix along with uh, Dane Dunning and Ivaldi and John Gray and Heaney. Um, uh, What what did you ask me about Mike Mike Maddox? Yeah. It would be interesting to see how he massages his way through this group, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they – and they're hoping that uh, their first-round pick from uh, a couple of years ago, Jack Leiter, uh, really mm. shows them something this spring and, and gives them a reason to uh, potentially carry him uh, on the opening day roster and maybe uh, have him come out of the bullpen um, early on to get his feet wet. Uh, Owen White is another guy that uh, who, who got a, a taste last year uh, who they have hope. Uh, that uh, could be one of those bridge guys, or if not, uh, step in and and uh, make some starts. Um, I mean, there. But you're right. There, uh, there is a question about the rotation, and just as far as uh, innings and uh, how 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 long these guys can go, and is if they can get to. July when uh, they hope Scherzer and Molly and then later DeGrom are back uh, to, to start taking up some of those innings. Okay, so let's uh, get on to the position players here. 
Uh, World Series MVP Corey Seager had hernia, uh, hernia surgery recently here. Uh, when might yep. we see him in the in the uh, in the regular season? They're hoping that he's uh, available by opening day, but they're not going to rush it. Uh, they see no no reason to, uh, uh, to to pull out all the stops to make sure he's available for opening day. But by all accounts, that's what they expect. He he's been out. Corey Seager has been out uh, in Arizona this whole time, recovering. Uh, position players aren't due here until Monday, but that that's the timetable. They they hope that he's. Uh, resuming baseball activities the last couple weeks of March and is able to to start uh, on opening day, March 28th. But uh, that's not set in stone either. Okay, so as we both mentioned, the offense went healthy. I mean, they were really uh, amongst baseball's elite for almost the entire season a year ago. What impressed you the most about their offensive success in 2023? Well, I think uh, you gotta you kind of expect it from Seager and Simeon. Um, it's the guys like Josh Young, the, the young third baseman who was an all-star a year ago. It's the catcher Jonah Heim who was an all-star and a Gold Glover. Uh, those guys and the production that they provided, uh, it wasn't uh, unexpected. They had high hopes with Josh Young. And certainly uh, uh, appreciated uh, Jonah Himes' skills as a catcher behind the plate. Uh, but those guys uh, stepped up and delivered, and then uh, they obviously called up Evan Carter, the, the their, yes. their number one prospect in September. And uh, again, they had high hopes and uh, and and believed uh, that he was the hitter that he showed that he was at least in that brief time in the postseason. And he, they expect him to be the le- everyday left fielder uh, starting on opening day. Um, but, then, but then you get to guys like Adolis Garcia, who, who really became mm-hmm. a star during the postseason, that uh, sort of uh, – uh, I, I, I think he surprises people with his power and the home runs and the RBIs. He's led them in RBIs um, a few seasons now. And, and – to have that in the middle of your lineup uh, behind Seager and Simeon and Young, who has power. Uh, it's just kind of a relentless lineup. It's a, kind of a manager's dream. You mentioned Carter. I mean, the dude's just 21 years old, and you know, he came uh, kind of out of nowhere. I knew you know, of him. I didn't uh, you know, really had seen him until, like, September <laughs> last year. Yeah, nobody he had. Has an, uh, un- nobody had. Yeah, he has – yeah, he has an incredible understanding of the strike zone for a young player. Do we? How did he develop that at the age of twenty-one, basically? Man, I, you know, Boatsy is. Uh, we've asked him a lot about that, and he he seems just as impressed as you and I are, and the average fan. Uh, it's just it's an innate uh, skill, the, the the hand-eye coordination. Uh, he just sees the ball so well. Um, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you can learn um, technique, uh, how to hit, how to handle certain pitches. But if you're not seeing the ball, if you're not seeing the ball clearly, um, you can't can't be as uh, as picky as he is. And I, I think it's funny because he's such a young, unknown guy when he came up for the last three weeks of the regular season that uh, there were times when he did not 
get a couple calls where uh, if he had been in the league for five years, he probably would have because he, he does mm-hmm. have that, that good of uh, plate coverage and, 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 and eyes for the strike zone. Target Rangers with Stephen Stevenson. Okay, so Wyatt Langford is a hot prospect. Uh, we in yeah. the fantasy baseball world are definitely aware of him. Uh, might we see him in Arlington this season? Yeah, uh, it's funny because uh, in the past, the Rangers would have probably, at least uh, uh, publicly, from a public perception standpoint, would have slow played a guy like Wyatt Langford and wouldn't be so open about, hey, you know, this guy has a chance to make it if he if he shows shows us what we need to see in the spring. That's how they've been, and they, they're basically you know they don't want to they don't want to have him on the roster and have him where he's sitting half the time and uh, only DH and um, every other game and not playing the field. But if he's, if he shows uh, the kind of power and hitting skills that, uh, that he showed in the, his brief time in the minors, um, cause he was, he was drafted in July and went from low A to triple A within uh, about a month and a half. Um, mm. And, and, and hit every mark and um, impressed all the coaches down in the, in the on the farm system, and has impressed uh, the major league staff with his his ability to uh, see the ball and to protect the plate. And I, I there there's a a very good chance that uh, they will do what it takes to to have him on the opening day roster, if it looks like he's ready in the spring. I don't think they're going to uh, play any kind of games with him. All right. The spring training is, is, the... is not having a, Go ahead. a place for him to play in the field. Right. Actually, some of the questions I've heard is, is there a place for him to play in the field? Even uh, you know, maybe not have this, Apparently, he might not have the defensive skills to play in the major leagues right now. Well, uh, that compared to like the current starting center fielder Leota Tavares, yeah. uh, is a very good plus center fielder defensively, and, and right. not too not too shabby at the plate either. Um, that mm-hmm. that that would seem to be the place where Wyatt Langford would be, or Evan Carter would move to center field, and Wyatt would play left essentially. Uh, but I think if any of the outfielders uh, got hurt. Uh, or had any kind of nagging injury, uh, if Langford mm-hmm. shows him what they hope that he, they, he he shows him in the spring, he'd be like the first guy up if he doesn't make the opening day roster. All right, so the uh, baseball prospectus per Coda uh, projection for the Rangers is 86 wins. Uh, over or under the 86 wins, in your opinion? I got to go over. They, uh, I think their bullpen is going to be much better. Like I said, they they – they blew 34 saves a year ago. Um, I think it was the second most in the majors. With with David Robinson, Kirby Yates joining the bullpen, along with Jose Leclerc and Josh Spores, um, maybe Cody Bradford in there, a couple other guys. I don't see him blowing that many games. If they're starting rotation, can hold the line until Scherzer and Molly and DeGrom are, are available. 
Um, I, 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 I would predict more like 95 wins. They won 90 a year ago. Uh, if they just have a halfway decent bullpen, that's a 105-win team a year ago. So uh, I think I think 86 is a, a low bar because I, I, I don't see the offense slowing down at all. Okay, last up, what are a couple other spring training storylines for you in the uh, covering the Rangers? Well, I think we we touched on a lot of the Wyatt Langford is uh, an is, interesting guy to watch. Jack Leiter, their their uh, number one pick uh, from a couple years ago. Uh, he's somebody that uh, a lot of fans are wanting to keep an eye on, and he has a chance to to make the opening day roster. Um, we talked to him this morning, and he, uh, he basically what he did after they they shut him down uh, in uh, last summer uh, when he was struggling, and basically he he said he he, he just uh, changed the way he looked at the game and and tried to make it more simple. He was he, he had too many things in his head, uh, too many too 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 many thoughts swirling around with every pitch, and he he. he he got back to basics and uh, he's just throwing and trying to be the pitcher that he has been um, in the past uh, that made him a number two overall pick. Um, that's one guy that, uh, that that I think a lot of people are interested to see and see how he does mm-hmm. and looks uh, this spring. Sounds good. Stefan, we really appreciate the time. Thanks for making time for us. You know, you got a lot going on here at the start of spring training. So uh, thank you very much. Hey, no problem. I hope I wasn't rambling too much. No, no, no such thing. <laughs> uh, I'm the I ramble for I ramble for three hours a morning here. So there you go. Awesome. Thank, thanks, thanks much. We'll be talking. Thank I'm you. sure. See you. Have a good day. Stephen Stevenson inside the Rangers at SI, and also you can check him out at uh, at uh, Stephen versus uh, the versus text T E X on X. A lot of stuff there, but uh, check all that out. And uh, Rangers, uh, sorry Diamondbacks fans, but uh, the Rangers are a team that uh, I find intriguing uh, because of a lot of the things we talked about there. And hopefully they can get this Jordan Montgomery thing worked out, but Scott Boris is the agent. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll uh, get to uh, some of the... Uh, uh, local roundup items from last night. A couple of basketball games that, quite frankly, weren't very competitive. Uh, we'll point out a couple of things, and maybe as to why they weren't competitive uh, for both those games, as the uh, Suns and the Sun Devils both uh, relatively easy victories after slow starts and so forth. So we'll get into that a little bit in the next segment. But mainly, if you want to get in phone call wise, we got time and room. General discussion: 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard 602. 260-1060, we've got time and room for you in this segment. All right, local roundup time. Uh, the only Suns-Pistons drama last night was whether the Suns would actually cover the point spread. The game was tied at 23 before they uh, 
They outscored, the Suns did, they outscored the team with the worst record in the NBA, 47-18 for the rest of the first half, and took a 70-41 lead at intermission. All that came after Devin Booker was ejected after two uh, quick technical fouls when the Suns were up 14-11 in that game. Uh, the Suns were favored by 13 and a half. They ended up winning the game 116-100 to against the Pistons, who have the worst record in the NBA, if I didn't mention that before. Meanwhile, the Suns also, in this game, here's where the drama you know, for the point spread people out there. Uh, the Suns led 94-60 to before they got outscored 40-22 to to end the game, but they still ended up covering the spread. Uh, meanwhile, the Suns without uh, Booker for the game, the, most, the majority of the game, obviously, as I mentioned, ejected early in the first quarter. And Bradley Beal uh, sat out the game, the last game before the All-Star break, with the hamstring injury that forced him to leave the game on Tuesday night. But Kevin Durant led the way with 25 points last night. He even played in the fourth quarter, then still had 25 points in that game. Uh, so basically, um, you know, basically, and it was just kind of a, uh, scrimmage quite frankly, because the Pistons are really bad as you might expect. Saban Lee, who's only played, uh, you know, 13 games this season. Last night was game 13 for him and he hasn't been hurt. He just doesn't get to play much. He played a lot last night and he finished with 16 points in the game was also Monty Williams' return uh, to Phoenix, first game back since the Suns foolishly fired him after the end of last season. Uh, he, they had a pregame. The Suns had a pregame tribute for Williams. Uh, he was here for four seasons as the Suns head coach. Of course, he took them to the NBA Finals in 2021. Uh, after uh, Before the game, Williams said, uh, getting an opportunity to come to back to Phoenix – uh, the partnership I had with the players, in particular Devin. Uh, he also said, I think about how blessed I am, I was to coach and uh, uh, to come here and coach this team. Uh, I mentioned that, he said that before the game once again. Uh, all that stuff that happened here was a treat. And uh, just part of his quotes in the pregame that he had with the media yesterday. Uh, back to the game. Uh, that was the Suns' last game before the All-Star break. The next game is one week from today. At Dallas, the big news yesterday was before the game on Tuesday, or excuse me, on Wednesday, uh, the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart was arrested uh, for punching the Suns' Drew Eubanks in the arena hours before the teams played. I don't know if this was a, a Washington-Oregon State thing or what was going on, but according to the Associated Press report, Phoenix police said that Stewart was issued a citation and released Stewart was already listed as out of the game because of a left ankle injury, so he wasn't going to play no matter what happened yesterday before the game. Eubanks said that the altercation, once again, I'm using the Associated Press story here, uh, was uh, you know, after, you know, it actually uh, happened as he was coming into the arena for the game. He said he had an argument with uh, Stewart, and uh, you know they were chest to chest before Stewart threw the punch. Security intervened, and Eubanks uh, uh, was able to play in the game. He did play in the game last night. Okay, so the Western Conference standings, and really the only thing that we're going to pay attention to on a daily basis on this show would be the Sun standing. And uh, there's basically four teams fighting for the final four spots here. 
and at least in the, I shouldn't say the final four spots, but for four spots, five through eight in the Western Conference. The Suns now fifth place at 30 and 22. New Orleans sitting at 33 and 22 also, but the Suns have the tiebreaker over New Orleans. Dallas, who, as I mentioned, the Suns play next Thursday night in their next game, 32 and 23. And Sacramento, which won last night, and they're back to back. Remember, they played here on uh, on Tuesday night. They won last night at Denver and rallied in the second half to do so. More on that in the National Roundup, time pending in the final segment of this hour. Uh, Sacramento sitting at 31 and 23. So those would be the uh, five through eight standings at this point. Meanwhile, ASU completed uh, its, uh, or continued, I should say, its long uh, dominance at home uh, against Oregon State. The Sun Devils have now won the last 15 meetings in Tempe against the Beavers after last night's 79 to 61 victory. ASU actually trailed in this game. 30 to 27 before they went on a 32 to 8 run uh, that bridged the first half and the second half that gave them a 59-38 lead, and they ended up winning the game 79 to 61. They easily covered the six and a half point spread as the favorite in that game. It was also a second straight win for ASU, which had previously lost five consecutive games in seven of eight. After remember they started the Pac-12 season. Four and zero, and then they uh, hit the uh, bad stretch there. Bad stretches, putting it kindly, needless to say. Uh, so, well, uh, you know, Oregon State, on the other hand, has not won a game away from Corvallis the entire season. Uh, they are now zero and seven on the road. They've also lost five straight games, no matter where they have played in Pac-12 play in the recent last two and a half weeks. Jemiah Neal for ASU ended up with 21 points last night. Uh, also, uh, you know, Jose Lopez uh, contributed, uh, as he usually does. And, and uh, Adam Miller, they both had 16. And uh, Frankie, uh, Frankie Collins ended up with 14 points last night. Quite frankly, this was a difficult watch game. Uh, teams combined for 29 turnovers. Uh, ASU had a festival of turnovers in the first half. And then Oregon State had 14 of its 15 turnovers in the second half. Next up for ASU, they play Saturday in Tucson against the University of Arizona, who only has the one game this week that, once again, of course, Saturday against ASU in Tucson. So the U of A uh, leads the Pac-12 at 10-3, Washington State second at 9-4, a two-way tie for third between Oregon and uh, recently hot UCLA. Uh, UCLA has won five consecutive games. Oregon and UCLA both sitting at uh, 6-5 in conference play. Fifth would be Colorado. To me, disappointing Colorado. They had some injuries early in the season, but now they've gotten the majority of their players back on the floor. And, of course, they uh, really had no chance against the U of A last Saturday in Colorado's first home loss of the season. Colorado and uh, Stanford both tied for fifth at 7-6. and six. ASU now seventh in the conference at 7-7. Seven and seven. Utah and Colorado, California, Utah and California tied uh, for the eighth spot at six and seven, Washington is uh, now five and eight. They're tenth. USC is eleventh at three and ten. And after last night's loss, Oregon State falls to last in the Pac-12 conference, sitting at three and eleven. One other quick note from the local roundup from Tucson: uh, ASU football alum 
And uh, Jordan Morgan is a first-round draft pick, projected first-round draft pick in most of the media mock drafts. However, uh, I did listen to uh, Dane Brugler's podcast yesterday with him on there on The Athletic, and uh, he's their draft guru guy at The Athletic. And uh, they they mentioned that uh, there are several NFL teams that considered Morgan, who was a starting left tackle for the U of A this past season when they won, surprisingly, at least to me, and I assume probably you too, uh, 10 games last year, was their starting left tackle. But a lot of NFL teams have him projected to be a guard at the next level of football. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program. We'll have the National Roundup. We'll have a combination of a little from the scoreboard, ripped from the headlines, from the wire, whatever else we can jam in to the final segment of today's spectacular radio program. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Let's whip through a few items here quickly from the scoreboard. College basketball last night. I thought this would be a fun game to watch. <laughs> I was wrong. Auburn routed South Carolina. And I mean routed them. This was a top 25 matchup. Uh, Jalen Williams, as you heard at the top of the hour, 23 points in this game. Uh, and also, uh, you know, basically, you know, you know, it was just a, it was a route from the start. Auburn won 101 to 61. This is a, one of the best defensive teams in college basketball in South Carolina. They gave up 101 points last night. Uh, so, you know, basically, Auburn now moves into a tie in uh, second place in the SEC with South Carolina. Uh, they are both 9-3 and three in conference play. Alabama, to the surprise of some, leads the conference at 9-2. Meanwhile, the Kings, after they lost here on Tuesday night, they won last night at, get this, Denver, and they were getting clobbered in this game for the majority. I was doing the running score thing last night on my phone, and then all of a sudden the Kings took the lead. Uh, they were down double digits in the second half. It's the second time in seven days the Kings have beaten the Nuggets. They beat them last week in uh, Sacramento, 135-106. to They ended up beating them last night uh, in Denver. And uh, they you know, the two, two wins in, the, you know, as I mentioned, less than a week against the defending champions. Uh, you know, it was another Fox and Sabonis game. Fox had 30 points. He had 40 here the night before. Uh, Sabonis ended up with 20 points and 13 rebounds last night for the uh, the Sacramento Kings. Also, quickly, some things uh, ripped from the headlines and from the wire. The Cowboys expected to sign C.D. Lamb to a long-term contract before the becomes the eligible to be a you know the fifth-year option. Basically, they're expected to sign him before that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, from the NFL draft. 20, 120, excuse me, I'll get this right, 321 players, that's a lot, they invited to the scouting combine. 18 of those are from the University of Michigan. They are by far the most of any school. Uh, by comparison, their rival, Ohio State, had just eight players invited. A lot of the Ohio State players surprisingly returning for their senior seasons are, you know, of college football. 
Meanwhile, uh, the NBA, the Hawks, uh, you know, Troy Young, the, the point guard, fined $35,000 for inappropriate and an unprofessional gesture towards an official in the fourth quarter of the Hawks' 126-126 uh, loss on February 12th against uh, the Pacers. Also, Justin Verlander, the Astros' ace, could miss opening day because uh, he is uh, you know, behind his rehab schedule. He had shoulder, not surgery, but he's just rehabbing. Don Gullett, former Yankees and Reds pitcher from the 70s and 80s, uh, unfortunately passed away yesterday at the age of 73. He won four World Series combined with those two franchises. Also from college football, uh, college basketball, excuse me, uh, well, actually, college sports would be the better term. Uh, University of Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte uh, said yesterday that the SEC he expects will move to a nine-game conference schedule by in football by 2026. Meanwhile, from the uh, grapevine here, little NFL. Uh, there's speculation that the Chiefs' first game, remember the the first game of the season, they won the Super Bowl to start the 2024 regular season. Speculation, only at this point, will be against the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh. That makes sense. Uh, there's a few other opponents that would also make some sense, but that would be a, it's going to be a spectacle no matter what. Uh, in addition to that, uh, baseball-wise, the Giants, even after adding free agent outfielder Jorge Soler earlier this week, May not be done adding at least personnel over the next few days, so that's something to definitely monitor for sure. All right, that is it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The next two hours, it is the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla, with, uh, among other things, phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.